When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week on WealthTrack, what socially responsible investing really means and why it is in so much demand. Two industry leaders fill us in next on Consuelo Mack WealthTrack. Hello and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. Socially responsible investing has come a long way since the early days of excluding so-called vice stocks from a portfolio. Guns, alcohol, tobacco, and gambling were the original sin industries, and the decision to avoid them was a value-based one, not a financial one. Well, over the years, environmental, social, and governance causes, ESG for short, were added to the list, and what was an exclusionary strategy became an inclusionary one. Instead of eliminating companies based on their industry, socially responsible investors started to look for companies that were proactive in their fields. Instead of avoiding companies that do harm, investing in companies that do good. On the environment, being more energy efficient, managing their emissions, water resources, and waste, for instance. In social issues, improving product and employee safety, being more family-friendly, and diversifying their workforce. And in governance, having an independent board of directors, board diversity, high ethical standards throughout the corporate culture, and business and policy transparency. Financial performance is a key factor now, and with a multi-year track record, socially responsible investing has proven its competitiveness. One example is the Calvert U.S. Large Cap Core Responsible Index, which has beaten its Russell 1000 benchmark over multi-year periods. Well, joining us this week are two seasoned practitioners of socially responsible investing with firms who have used the approach for decades. Christina Alfandari is Managing Director of ESG and Sustainable Investments at Gamco Asset Management, which has a 30-year track record of advising clients on socially responsible investing. Among her responsibilities is advising the firm's analysts and portfolio managers on ESG investing, including the Gabelli ESG Fund. John Stroyer is President and CEO of Calvert Research Management, a pioneer in responsible and sustainable investing, and the parent company of the Calvert Funds, which now offer both active and passive SRI strategies. Founded in 1976 specifically as socially responsible investors, more recently Calvert was a founder of the United Nations Principles for Responsible Investment, which now has 1,700 large investors participating, representing more than $70 trillion in assets. I started off by asking each guest what socially responsible investing means to them and their respective firms. So at Gabelli, we, I mean, we are a fundamental uh, bottom-up stock-picking firm, active manager. So for us, it means having a broader lens to look at more issues, some of a broader set of non-financial issues, right. and using that and incorporating it into um, the evaluation and the investment process more so that we can design portfolios 
that meet uh, the value objectives as well as an investment objective for our clients. And the kind of value objectives that you're looking at, because uh, you know ESG and impact investing, sustainability, it just seems that there's been a, a huge evolution in this space. So what in particular are, are you Absolutely. looking at? Absolutely. Well, so it's evolved as the space yep. has evolved. Um, originally, you know, the space really started with a lot of negative screening because that's really what was available in terms of data sets. Um, so no alcohol, no, no alcohol, weapons, no tobacco, no, tobacco, no weapons. Right. And, and those are still those basically are screens still, that you have, right? Those at the are screens funds? That, that we still have in the Gabelli right. Fund and on customized portfolios we can use depending upon the client's priorities. Um, but then more so, it's evolved into looking at environmental social issues of the companies, um, of other companies that, that we're investing in. So looking at uh, a Johnson Controls, for example, and um, what they're doing in terms of product technology that, uh, that touches on sustainability. They're the maker of uh, the Stop Start battery, mm -hmm. which is attributable to saving 660 million gallons of fuel, looking at um, how a company manages its own carbon emissions footprint, mm -hmm. looking at how maybe a beverage company um, manages its water resources that it's, it uses. So it's, it's a wide variety of issues, but it, um, it allows the analysts and the investment portfolios for that fund to look at, um, at them more mm -hmm. for clients. So, so, John, at, at Calvert, what does social responsible investing mean at Calvert? It's really, you know, Calvert is a global leader in responsible investing, and it really permeates everything we do at mm -hmm. the firm. We think of it as both participating in positive change and, when appropriate, helping to create positive change. We define our process along the lines of four major pillars. First and foremost, part of responsible investing is getting the returns right. The right amount of investment return for a given level of risk. All right, financial performance. Absolutely. Okay. So part of being a responsible participant in the capital markets is getting the right amount of return out of those markets. Secondly, and I think very importantly, depth of research. So we make all of our decisions based on an intensive, in-depth research process that helps us understand how companies are dealing with environmental and social risks and opportunities. We want to differentiate one company from another and focus our index funds and our portfolios on companies that are real leaders in meeting our principles. Third, and this is a big differentiation for Calvert, mm -hmm. comes engagement. We work directly with company management to help move companies forward when necessary. We're activists and we file shareholder resolutions, bring things to shareholder votes, and of course we participate in public policy development. And the fourth big pillar is impact reporting. Our clients want to know that their portfolios have better attributes than the broad market. What's their exposure to fossil fuel, greenhouse gas emissions? What is their exposure to human rights issues? So we want to bring metrics to prove that our clients' portfolios look better than the broad market. Those are the four big pillars, and as I say, it's everything that we do at Gabelli. Right. How does Gabelli's, are there any differences in how you approach the, sure. you know, well, the, we're this a, field? We're, we're a traditional firm right. that you know, recognize the importance of this field 30 years ago uh, when clients came to us asking us to design portfolios around their values. Um, as the space has evolved, we've found uh, at a ways that it's added to the alpha. It's at, because we're fundamental, bottoms up research, it adds to certain be cultural 
nuances of companies and behaviors um, that can help look at these issues and make sure that um, that they're reflected in the portfolio. Our, our, we, so within our portfolio, we have both the negative screening. We also have looking at ESG issues of the companies that we're investing in. Mm -hmm. But then perhaps very importantly, we're looking at, um, we have some large mega trend sustainable themes. So in our portfolio, for example, we'll ha we have um, a water scarcity theme running through the portfolio. We own companies like Xylem that deal with the water scarcity issue. They, they make pumps, they deal with distribution um, around those issues. We also deal have exposure to a health and wellness theme. So we'll, um, as, as consumers, uh, you know, purchasing patterns mm -hmm. have changed, we'll have a sustainability theme like health and wellness running through the portfolio or also um, a resource recovery theme in certain stocks. So, so this is actually in the Gabella ESG fund Correct. specifically. Yes. What would be different is in, in the Gabella ESG fund from the other Gabelli funds, for instance, is if, if a company met all the criteria, the financial criteria, then if it doesn't meet the sustainability criteria or the you know environmental, social, and governance criteria, it wouldn't make it, it wouldn't stay in the fund. Is that It probably correct? would not make it okay. in the fund if it didn't suit those criteria. Right. How, how do you screen for you know companies um, at Calvert? Well, first of all, we use a research process to identify a broad set of companies right. that are meeting our principled approach. So as opposed to using negative screens, we use an intense rating system to identify all the companies that might be eligible for a responsible investor to consider. And, and, and you said that research is one of the four pillars. Yes. And so you have a very, I mean, intensive, you described it to me over the phone, I mean, it's thousands of criteria, right? That That's right. You're looking at, so just explain how the, the research, you know, how this screen works that a company could make it through this screen, what you're looking for? Well, first of all, we have 20 people who are dedicated to research at Calvert. So we have a lot of experience on the team. Right. Secondly, we have a big data system that desires to bring in all of the pieces of information about a company's environmental impact, its social practices, its impact on community. As you said, thousands of different criteria. But what's really important to us are the criteria that are material to that company's bottom line and that are material to the environment or to society. The concept of materiality is a great leveler, and it really helps us focus in on the issues that are critical from an investor's perspective. One could come at SRI or responsible investing from a, an NGO's perspective or a charity's perspective. We're coming at it from an investor's perspective. So we often look at a data point and say, what really matters to this entity as a business and what matters to the environment and society. That helps us focus in on the data points that are gonna mean something in the market and have an impact on the return from the security. So the materiality, what are the material, what are those things that, right. that you're looking there, at, those and values? The, and the materiality and changes by industry, okay. um, clearly, but the, the, the sort of development of, um, and I think what John's referring to is the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board's framework of materiality for investors. And that is a very, I mean, in terms of what's changed over the last three years in this right. space, the development of that and research and you know academic studies that have been done about those companies that have been able to focus on those environmental social governance issues that are material to their business 
Um, not to say that other issues are not important, mm -hmm. but those being material to drive the performance of their business strategically. There's now a direct link. There's a yes, that's been proven. There's a Harvard Business School case study yeah. that's that's often cited from 2015. There's been a number of meta studies done. Um, Goldman Sachs just did a, another study linking that you know alpha driver from material environmental social governance issues. The role of the corporation in society is a paper that you've done at Calvert recently. It's a very broad mandate. You're looking at a lot of different qualities. Sure, and I think you know this is an incredibly exciting time yeah. in responsible investing. One of the reasons it's so exciting is that these operating companies are beginning to develop real expertise in terms of moving their own sustainability programs forward. So there's a lot for us to analyze when we look at a company. And you're exactly right. Energy efficiency is very important mm -hmm. to companies who use a lot of energy. Obviously, if they can reduce their costs and reduce their risks of how they use energy and how they bring it in, that's good for the business, good for the bottom line. For companies in the technology sector, it is relevant to the data centers and the energy they use there, but also a lot of technology companies have to attract a certain type of worker to the company. C workers who want to be part of a mission, be part of positive change, and they have expectations for how the company they work for is going to behave. So it's become a sophisticated system of creating well-being for employees, creating well-being for the communities in which companies do business, as well as creating significant operational efficiency based on resource utilization and their environmental footprint. And again, what's very, very exciting is that boards and senior executives of some of the largest companies in the world have come to focus on this. And they've come to understand how to do this work in ways that work for people, planet, and the bottom line. Well, and it, maybe it would be great for, for an example. Right. And I think what John's referring to, I mean, you know, so if you look at a company like Danone, from an investment thesis, when we looked at the company, we can run through the cash flow values. But what's very interesting about Danone specifically is they've really tapped into the large mega trend of how consumers now are m much more focused on health, you know, well, health eating better, mm -hmm. health, healthier eating. They, uh, they recently bought Happy Family, the organic baby food company, mm -hmm. whose growth rate is you know, multiples of what normal baby food is or non-organic baby food. They also completed the acquisition of, of white, white Wave, which makes plant-based um, you know, dairy products or non-dairy products, right. almond milk, coconut milk. Um, so that's a sustainable theme. But then also when you look at Danone, they've done an amazing job of uh, not only map, you know, mapping their, uh, their water use, because they're in a sort of a water-intensive business, but then also working with the farmers where they source dairy from and making sure that their supply chain of, of dairy products, also how are those farmers, uh, you know, managing their water issue. Mm -hmm. And by, do, by doing that, you know, that water is just one example, um, they're essentially enhancing and, and you know, in, in um, allowing their sustainability of their own business um, to persist. And, and you think that that, I mean, they're going obviously where the demand is with those, the two companies, the acquisitions that you mentioned, but also, you know, from an, an investor point of view, aside from you two and your firms, uh, are investors looking at, gee, are they, you know, are they being efficient with their water usage? And they are. They, they are. are. They are. We, I mean, we yeah. get client requests um, for carbon footprint analysis 
on portfolios. Um, you know, we, you know, you can look at, at the companies and how they're metricing and managing those issues. Most of the companies have target baseline reductions over three to five years. Mm -hmm. and you can see how they're doing on those on those targets. Would I apply the same standards to uh, an oil company or a chemical company that I would to a Danon, you know, which is a consumer products company that's, you know, creating healthy products? That's a great point. So we do our work, what we call subsector by subsector. Mm -hmm. We divide up all the companies in the world into about 200 different peer groups based on common characteristics of the business that they're in, 200 peer groups. Mm -hmm. And these peer groups have specific characteristics in common, and that drives our understanding of what's really important to those businesses to be paying attention to. So a paper company, water-intensive, forestry intensive, right. those are going to be very, very big factors in that model. Interestingly, corporate governance is important across the board. Uh, corporate governance is very, very important. Board structure, diversity on the board, gender diversity on the board, and then also human resource practices. Today, we see real difference between how companies that have mastered the ability to create well-being for a talented workforce versus the rest of the pack. And this is becoming a more heavily researched area. I still think there's big opportunity there. So today, there's a real competition for talent. And the best companies want to be able to attract the best people across ethnic background, across gender, across age group. So being able to create well-being for a diverse workforce starts with having knowledge on the board and diverse board, diverse executive team. When we get into environmental considerations, an interesting area to talk about is supply chain. Mm -hmm. So there are some companies where all the risk happens at the company, but there are other companies where most of the risk has essentially been outsourced to the supply chain. Right, where they're getting their products. <clears throat> exactly. Right? And these are globally extended supply chains that may employ hundreds of thousands of people. Those are big impacts and big risks. So we spend a lot of our time researching supply chain practices in the industries for which it matters. What's the, the newest trend in, in, in social responsible investing? Well, first, I think from a, a client perspective, right. we're in a transition period from wanting to avoid bad companies, if you will, right. to differentiating and understanding who are the leaders, mm -hmm. which are the companies that are really able to master these management disciplines, do it in a way that works for their customers, and for their shareholders. I think the biggest you know, trend that I see is expanding this work into asset classes that may not have been covered by responsible investing in the past. Mm -hmm. So areas like bank loans, emerging market debt, emerging market equity, global small cap, ultra short duration fixed income, municipal bonds, Areas where the big ESG research data vendors, right. which, which are very important to the system, but areas that they haven't covered yet. So as we're always doing in the investment industry, where can we get an edge? Where can we create information where the rest of the industry hasn't gotten to yet? And so I think extending our work into these other asset classes is a, uh, is, is a big trend that certainly we're involved with and we're pushing forward on. And at, at, the, at the Gabelli you know, ESG fund, Christina, I mean, do, are, are you investing in areas that you wouldn't have 
five years ago as well? I think well? some of the sustainable drivers, mega trend, we, we had done a large amount of research on water scarcity right. many, many years ago. And I think, you know, and that's part of our research framework. It, it's not as if ESG drove us there. It's just a lot of mega trend research that naturally happens within the organization. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it, but it does drive you to certain sustainability themes, um, such as the ones I mentioned before, resource recovery, you know, health and wellness, because right. of, you know, what's going on in the United States with obesity, um, you know, water scarcity and climate change. And then, you know, looking at those companies that have product in those issues, but then also how are they managing them those around those ESG issues themselves. Right, and performance, you both mentioned it right from the get-go. So the performance of the Gabelli ESG fund, for instance, versus an, an equivalent fund that's not an ESG fund. I mean, how you know, yes. how does it stack up? Yeah, it's it's about the same. It does well, mm -hmm. it does well. We're, we're value, right? We're bottom, right. we're an active manager, um, but the, the ESG fund does well relative to a non-ESG fund at Gabelli. Yeah, and, and Calvert has created indexes as well with a 15-year track record. So how do those stack up, in, for instance, in the large cap universe? Well, we're you know, so happy to be able to say that over the 15-year record of the Calvert Large Cap Core Index, it slightly outperformed the market mm -hmm. with similar risk levels. So I think that's the, the proof point. And we've right. done that you know, recently with no exposure to fossil fuels, with uh, with no exposure to companies that were mentioned earlier that would get knocked out by, by negative screens. So w I think the uh, concept that one can have their cake and eat it too, in other words, investing in companies that are helping to make the world a better place is also good for performance. One last question, and that is the one investment for a long-term diversified portfolio. What should we all have some of in a long-term diversified portfolio? Christina. I would say investors should really make sure that they have some exposure to some of the, the, the big mega trend sustainability themes mm -hmm. going on in the world related to climate change or water scarcity and things like that. Um, those are very long-term trends that will play out. Right. Um, in terms of stocks, we like Danone. They you know, pay a lot of attention to the environmental social issues. They, they've done water scarcity mapping. Um, they're a leader in that, definitely within the food and, and beverage industry mm -hmm. for looking at water issues. Um, they also you know, have set very specific carbon uh, reduction targets, and they've met those. Uh, but more importantly, when you look at them as an investment thesis, they've, they've tapped into this long trend that's started already about consumers paying more attention to what they eat. John. I think broadly it's important for investors to have exposure to emerging markets, including China, India, and throughout Southeast Asia, and ultimately Africa. Those are real sources of population growth and economic growth. And from a responsible investment perspective, right. it's essential that we have companies that can properly steward those development paths forward. So go find a fund that has responsible investing and exposure to emerging markets. I think that's a great place to be. For more conservative investors who want to come in through a, uh, a, a global company, Unilever is really the top of the class in terms of being the largest consumer product company in the world that embraces sustainability from the board all the way through the staff. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you both so much for being with us on Wealth Tracks. So John Stroyer from Calvert and Christina Alfandari from Gabelli. Thanks so much for Thank being with you. us.
the close of every wealth check, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is consider investing in a socially responsible fund, either actively managed or passive. Value-based investing has more than come into its own with nearly $9 trillion worth of investments in the U.S. alone and performance that's competitive with traditional approaches. There are many options to choose from as well across asset classes and geographies. Among Morningstar's favorites are funds from socially responsible fund families, including Calvert and Parnassus. One recently highlighted fund is the four-star bronze medal rated Parnassus Fund, a large growth fund with a strong long-term track record. Making money while having a positive impact is a nice combination. Well, next week, we will sit down for an exclusive interview with a third-generation great investor. The Davis Fund's Chris Davis joins us to discuss where he is finding value in today's market. This week, however, on our website, WealthTrack.com, you can find out how Christina Alfandari and John Stroyer became so involved professionally in socially responsible investing. We would welcome your thoughts on the subject as well, so please reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.